What made me look at this story was it was billed as a feel-good story. I don't know if it's actually a feel-good story or a karma story or a justice story. I'll let you decide. It's a little bit morbid to lead off with this. But if you watch my late episode from last night about the injustices uh, that children are suffering, maybe you can see a silver lining in a sick way of this story. I don't know. Let me stop uh, hyping it up and just tell you the story. Cassandra McDonald, MacDonald, excuse me, yesterday, 5 p.m. Juan Villanueva, 53, was serving a life sentence with the possibility of parole and North Kern State Prison for aggravated assault. Unfortunately for Villanueva, he was bunked with Ramon Escobar, 51, who was in prison for killing five men and injuring seven others during a two-week-long spree of violence in California and murdering his aunt and uncle in Texas in 2018. All of Escobar's California victims were homeless except for one. Prosecutors asked and said, uh, prosecutor said Escobar bludgeoned victims with bolt cutters or a baseball bat as they sleeping on streets or the beach. According to the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, Villanueva was found unresponsive in a cell during a welfare check at 8.49 a.m. Friday. He was pronounced dead shortly after 9 a.m. So I kind of preface this already. What's the karma? What's the karma story behind Ramon Escobar, a looks like a serial killer, killing a man who was in jail for aggravated assault? Well, I left out some some very key words here. So let me read it to you again. Pedophile Juan Villanueva, 53, were serving a life sentence with the possibility of parole in North Kern State Prison for aggravated sexual assault of a child under 14. And now he is no longer with us because he was in a cell with a murderer who, well, they call that prison justice, right? Villanueva had been moved into the prison on February 2nd. The Kearns County coroner ruled Villanueva's death a homicide. And Escobar has since been placed in restrictive housing while the prison's investigative service unit and the Kern County District Attorney investigate Villanueva's death. The convicted pedophile's cause of death has not been revealed by, by the time of publishing. So he killed them, but we don't know exactly how he killed them. He strangled them, he shanked them, who knows? Now, here's a crazy thing. Escobar is already serving a life sentence without the chance of parole. There's nothing they could do to him as punishment for what they did for, for him killing uh, this, this, uh, this pedo. Now, from what I understand is in California... If you're already uh, uh, life, uh, you know, if you're on on death row uh, without parole, what they can pretty much do is give you like an extended amount of time of solitary confinement, and that's about it. So, do you think it's by accident that this child uh, assaulter was put in a cell with a guy who had nothing to lose, and perhaps? even in his sick way, his murderous way, didn't think that this Juan Villanueva, an assaulter of children, should be alive. What are your thoughts? Put it down below. 
Is this proper justice? Is this trash taking out trash? Okay, speaking of trash, what trash that we got rid of is Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan was asked about attending the RNC, which is going to take place in Milwaukee. Just in case you've forgotten, the former Speaker of the House was from Wisconsin. And this is what he had to say when asked about that. It, uh, it depends on who the nominee is. I'll be here. For the Republican National Convention in Milwaukee, where will you be? It, uh, it depends on who the nominee For the Republican National Convention in Milwaukee, where will you be? It, uh, it depends on who the nominee is. I'll be here if it's somebody not named Trump. You won't show up if it's not. Yeah, I'm not Trump. interested in participating in that, no. Even in Wisconsin. Even Wisconsin. For the Republican National Convention. Yeah. RNC in his backyard, but he won't go if it's Trump. Now, once again, really, it would be like, who gives a damn what Paul Ryan thinks? Except Paul Ryan is very powerful when it comes to Fox News. And Fox News, a lot of people still believe that Fox News is conservative news. And they go to there for their conservative news um, opinions. And so far, as I've reported previously, Fox News, on which uh, Paul Ryan is on the board and has some other pool, they pretty much blacklisted at this point. President Trump. They give tangential coverage of President Trump, but they won't have him on any of their TV programs. They've interviewed him a couple times on their radio ones, but they won't give him FaceTime. Speaking of President Trump, this is what President Trump tweeted out yesterday, February uh, 25th. Well, he truthed it out on Truth Social. This is the most dangerous time in the history of our country. World War III is looming like never before in the very dark and murky background. Leadership is solely responsible for this unprecedented danger to the USA and likewise the world. Hopeless Joe Biden is leading us into oblivion. And President Trump has the entire moral high ground to talk about Joe Biden taking us into the most dangerous time in the history of our country because President Trump was the peace and prosperity president who started no new conflicts and was anti-war. And by anti-war, we mean needless, useless uh, warmongering that the neocons and the neolibs so love. Speaking of Fox News and neocons, kind of weird segue, it's so pathetic to watch the Sean Hannity show. Now, it's Sunday, so it's the weekend, so humor me a second while I tell you that Mrs. BCP and myself, we went and had dinner uh, with some friends. Uh, we had some dinner with some friends. So uh, th- this friend we actually met uh, because they go- we worship with them. And uh, Linda is a fan of the show. It's like, she's, like she saw me uh, at church and she heard me speaking and she's like, oh my goodness, that's BCP. So we've been friends for several years since then. So we were sitting and talking about uh, Fox News. And uh, Linda's husband's like, she rolls her eyes and she's like, ah, uh, Fox News and Hannity. And then her husband's like, oh, I can't stand Hannity. <laughs> and, we just, and we just started laughing. The conversation wasn't even about Fox News. I don't even think we're really much talking about to- politics, but somehow Sean Hannity came into it. Um, and that's how I feel when I see Sean Hannity. What a freaking hack. Uh, I always laugh when I used to listen to uh, Dr. Savage, Michael Savage, 
and he used to call him the wall banger. I always thought that was hilarious. So anyway, uh, on on Hannity's show, he had Newt Gingrich on, and it's so funny because the Fox News idea is that the Republican Party needs new blood. It needs new people. It needs new ideas. It needs new leadership because, of course, they hate President Trump because he's one of us, not one of them. And then Hannity keeps having people like Newt Gingrich on his show, which is people who are them and Karl Rove who are old guard and irrelevant. So we're here with Reaction, Fox News contributor, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Uh, great to have you, Mr. Speaker. So, I know I speak for a lot of Americans. We're here with Reaction, Fox News contributor, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Uh, great to have you, Mr. Speaker. People are clapping, and uh, I see two people smiling because they're looking at their on camera. And, uh, yeah, uh, exciting. Newt Gingrich, a has-been, total has-been. Folks, please, please, when I'm done with this, punditry when i'm done with this i'm just gonna go fade off into the sunset not try to grasp on to the spotlight i, I don't get that I, I i just don't get that i'm in my 40s now i don't wish i was in my 20s or my 30s i'm not trying to hold on to my youth i'm i'm grasping and i'm uh i mean not grasping i'm enjoying um you know being in my 40s and now that i have my first child married i don't know sometime in my 50s i guess um i hope to be a grandparent i don't understand this grasping on to like uh to the limelight and to youth it's just really weird to me just really strange i don't know so i know i speak for a lot of americans i watched the wef i saw what happened in davos uh i see the amount of money all right right, let me just let me just read the transcript on this appearance of hannity newt gingrich called on u.s policymakers to define the objective in Ukraine rather than allocate limitless resources to the embattled Eastern European nation. Sounds good, except for he is for the war. He is for the war. He just wants to do it on a lower budget. And this is the key person that's on this Hannity. I don't know. He had some kind of live show or I don't really know what's going on here. I don't watch Hannity. But he's, he's saying, this is what he says. I'm for defeating Putin. I'm for helping the Ukrainians militarily. But I'm against the idea that we should pour endless cash out and no notion of what victory would be and no notion of responsibility. So having seen this segment and a couple other ones that I haven't really shown because they're boring and who really cares. I'm just showing this because it seems to me that the Fox News idea is a watered down version of, they're, they're trying to play like both sides here. Like, they're for the war, and they get people on there for the war, but they just want to be responsible for their war and not a blank check for the war. Very, very strange position to take, but warmongers are going to have their war. Okay, now this is even more interesting. Jake Sullivan, the White House National Security Advisor, total deep state guy, total deep state guy. We've covered Jake Sullivan and how how swampy and how intelligence uh, intelligence community swampy he is. But he says something very, very interesting. That, in fact, that the, the idea of sending Abrams tanks to Ukraine wasn't even a good idea. It wasn't a sensible military move 
but they did it to get Germany and others to do it. We're spending all these money and resources and sending our military things over there, even though it doesn't make sense militarily, as part of a game to get NATO to put in tanks, even though Ukraine's not a NATO nation and we have no... We don't have any agreement with them. We, we don't have any pact. They're not allies of ours. Very strange. Anyway, this is how it happened. Uh, the host, Fareed uh, Zakaria, asked him, so... Um, uh, he asked him why the U.S. seems to resist sending weapons before changing its 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 mind. So then Jake Sullivan says, well, the way that our military and our intelligence community makes recommendations to the president is they look at the needs of the Ukrainian military during the phase of war that they are confronting at the time. As we head into spring, what Ukraine, what Ukraine really needs is armor, infantry, fighting vehicles, and yes, tanks. Now, and we're providing those. The president was advised by his military, Abrams Tanks, the American tank, doesn't really make sense for this fight. What they really need were Leopard tanks, German tanks that a bunch of countries in Europe, in Europe own. But the Germans said, we won't provide our tanks unless you, the United States, provide your tanks. And President Biden said, if me giving Abrams tanks, even if it's not the most sensible military move, will help unlock German tanks to get to the front lines and also will sustain alliance unity, I will do it. Wow, are we the freaking laughingstock and pansies of the international world. They know this is all by design. Everyone's just playing a role. But literally giving things that don't make sense militarily so another country, because with leadership, now, now, now uh, President Trump wouldn't have played that crap. He wouldn't have been like, well, we'll give tanks so that you give tanks. He'd be like, give tanks. It's in your best interest. And then he'd do something else to make it worth their while. Well, if you don't give them tank, first of all, President Trump wouldn't have been involved in this. And this wouldn't have happened under President Trump. I honestly believe that wouldn't have happened. That's one of the reasons why they had to get rid of him. And they're trying to make sure that he can't be on the ballot in 2024. But if he were in this situation and Congress and then he was somehow convinced to send, let's just say that he was he was negotiating for Biden. Let's just put it like that. He would tell Germany, send the tanks and then find some other way to make it worth their while. Make them an offer they could not refuse. But he wouldn't be a sucker into sending in our military Abrams tanks if it doesn't make any sense. Especially since, I don't know, maybe it's not a good idea to give away our military readiness and deplete our uh, military resources. Oh yeah, they're doing that folks. It's all by design. But now he does have the Abrams tanks and Zelensky vowed uh, right before the weekend to do everything to defeat Russia this year as the first leopard tanks arrive in Ukraine on the anniversary of the start of Europe's largest conflict since World War II. So we just barely send the tanks. Germany now sends the leopard tanks. They want to use those. And now that he has the tanks, he's saying uh, we're going to do everything to gain victory now that we have these, these, uh, these leopard tanks. Street protests against the Russian invasion were held in many European capitals to mark the anniversary and fresh Western sanctions targeted Russia's banks, military industry, military industry, and semiconductor access. Poland sent the German-made Leopard tanks to help Ukraine repel Russian troops and deliver a clear and measurable signal of further support. Poland would send more tanks soon. And that is why Zelensky is saying 
that we can defeat them. So what the hell are our tanks doing? Just sitting in the sidelines, gaining rust? Now, of course, we've got China in the mix. Zelensky said he was planning to meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping at the release uh, Friday of Beijing's 12-point position paper on the conflict, which included a call for peace talks and for respecting all territorial sovereignty. But Russia has said, hey, we're willing to talk. We have no problem. We'll do a ceasefire. We'll talk. But we're not giving up these four things that uh, we believe are our territories. Well, Biden and NATO, they don't want peace. They don't want to enter their cash cow. China called Friday for urgent peace talks, but several Western powers rebuffed the proposal while warning against Beijing's closening ties to Moscow. This is uh, yesterday via the AFP. United Nations expressed cautious optimism over the Chinese proposals, particularly over the documents called to avoid using nuclear weapons. Russia reacted positively to Beijing's efforts, and Ukrainian President Zelensky offered a muted response, saying Kiev needed to work with China on approaches to put an end to the year-old war. Zelensky told reporters he was planning to meet with Xi Jinping after the Chinese leader's government called for peace talks. It also makes clear its position to not only use nuclear uh, weapons, but the threat of, nu- of deploying them after Russian President Vladimir uh, Putin threatened to use Moscow's atomic arsenal in the conflict. I'm sorry, I, I skipped a sentence here. It was time to coincide with the first anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The paper urges all parties to support Russia and Ukraine in working in the same direction and resuming direct dialogues as quickly as possible. But it also makes clear that they don't want any, having any nuclear. No one wants nuclear. You can't win nuclear. You can't win nuclear. Crazy. Now, let me play you this. This is Zelensky. He was asked about opinion polls where most Americans are freaking tired of giving everything, including the kitchen sink, to Zelensky. He was asked about it, and here's his reply. Polls in the United States are suggesting that a growing number of Americans believe that the U.S. is giving too much support to Ukraine. What would your message be on the anniversary to those Americans? Yeah, what message do you, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, have for we Americans who you are using like the big giant piggy bank and teat for your war? Have we forgotten, folks, I reported on this, that in the first few weeks of the war, when people were leaving, they were finding military people, I mean, excuse, military and government people escaping the country and their families had millions of dollars, American U.S. dollars and euros in their suitcases. Of course they want the money, the war to continue. That's just their payday. So Zelensky, what do you have to say to us that we could that we could possibly give a damn about? Thank you. I would like to thank the American people. I would like to thank all of the American people that are supporting Ukraine, the Congress, the president, the The, TV, the military industrial complex, the Marxists, etc., 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 channels, the journalists, the propagandists, and everyone that has been supporting us. All the weak minded people. 
And that uh, percentage of uh, Americans, as uh, you've mentioned, is increasing. Yeah, we're tired of supporting a war that doesn't benefit us at all. Uh, I can tell them only one thing. What do you have to tell us? If they do not change their opinion, if they do not understand us, if they do not support Ukraine, they will uh, lose NATO. They will lose... We'll lose NATO. <laughs> Good riddance. Fine by me. Uh, the clout of the United States, they will... We lost the clout the minute Joe Biden was in the Oval Office. So there's, there's no clout that we're going to lose at this point. And if having clout means we, the taxpayer, have to be burdened with all the problems of the world, we'll give that clout up. No problem. Lose the leadership position. That with Biden in the Oval Office, we have no leadership position in the world. We are the walking doormat, the piggy bank, and we are the sucker for the entire world right now. We're in a no-lose situation, folks. Zelensky, are you listening to the words coming out of my mouth? They are joining the world. Uh, they are joined for a very fair reason. And they will lose the support of the country with 40 million... Will lose the support of the country? What, your country, our country? That's support we don't need or want. We want to keep our money and we want to keep peace and we have nothing to do with your corrupt country. Oh, folks, let me remind you, as I do every time we talk about Zelensky, he's an actor. 2014, he was a comedian. Then he played the president on a TV show. And life imitating art, art imitating life, he becomes the president. Of population with millions of children. Oh, whatever. We don't want to hear anything else we have to say. If you think that's ridiculous, how about this? Kira Rudik, a member of the Ukrainian parliament said in an interview with Fox News, because Fox News really cares about the opinions of members of Ukrainian parliament, she said that the U.S. should give her nation more aid with the seized assets from Russian oligarchs. So what we get as reimbursement, possibly, for sanctions and for illegal activities from these so-called Russian oligarchs, they want that too. You see how these scammers and these give me handout artists are, it's never enough. According to Ruddick, the amount of money from the assets would total more than $500 billion. Ruddick pointed out that Congress has already approved any money seized from Russians being sent overseas for Ukrainian defense. So we were waiting for it to be sent, but we need to go further and actually execute on this legislation because I believe it will be the fair and logical thing to do. So let me get this straight, Kira Ruddick. We pay for your war... And then you get to keep the spoils of war as well? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Do you guys want to hear the stupid thing that uh, Kamala Harris said? To address those health concerns? No, we'll, we'll just have to skip that. We can't. When I think about then anything that is about climate, we're talking about the environment. We're talking about extreme... Well, we're talking about the climate. Do we not, who does not know what climate means? By the way, what's insulting to this is this is, um, and you can see here, this is probably worse than, uh, this is like 
Dan Quayle. This is like Dan Quayle misspelling potato. Remember that? This is that was then Vice President Dan Quayle, probably the most forgettable vice president in the history of the world, at least in my short lifetime. Kamala Harris is so terrible that she is not forgettable. Anyway, she was telling these remarks to HBCU journalists. That's right, historically black college journalists. She was with Biden advisor Keisha Lance at the White House. And I guess Kamala Harris thinks that HBCU journalists are stupid because she's always condescending and talking down to people even when she's being a moron herself. Listen to this. When I think about then anything that is about climate, we're talking about the environment. We're talking about extreme changes to the climate that manifest itself in a number of ways, including extreme weather events. Oh, climate is weather. (laughs) Thank you, Kamala Harris. I had no idea. Thank from my home state of California, wildfires to hurricanes, tornadoes. Oh, hurricanes and tornadoes. That's where, Those are weather events. Didn't know that. Thanks for letting me know that climate has to do with weather and that tornadoes and hurricanes are weather events. I learned so much in the presence of Kamala Harris. I'm so glad she speaks down to me because I'm stupid and I really need her to educate me. Think about the climate issue in the context of what we need to do to deal with, for example, extreme heat and what that means in urban communities where there's only asphalt that just actually exasperates the heat effect and where there are no trees. Exacerbate? No, she wanted to say exacerbates, right? But she didn't say that. She said... Just actually... It exasperates the heat effect and where there are no... Exasperates. With Fetterman, Biden, and Harris. I don't know. I just feel like I'm dumber just covering these people. But at least I can remember basic things. We have a huge incident in East Palestine. And Joe Biden can't even recall if he talked to the mayor. Because he didn't. So he's either lying or he's stupid or both. Do you plan to travel there and have you talked with the mayor? I, I, I can't recall that. I don't think I've talked to the mayor. I've talked to everyone else there and multiple times. I've talked to both the senators, both, both governors. And I've talked to everyone there is to talk to. And we made it clear that everything is available. I can't recall. I've talked to everyone there is to talk to, but can't. Remember, I talked to the mayor. I've talked to both senators. I've talked to both governors. Uh, There's two governors in Ohio. I'm guessing he's talking about the governor and the lieutenant governor. But Joe Biden can't even remember that his wife's name is Jill. He can't remember anything. Why would he expect him to remember if he actually talked to the mayor of East Palestine? Especially if they didn't put it in his notes. All right, this report is crazy from East Palestine. An East Palestine, Ohio man's voice apparently became high pitched since the train derailment and toxic explosion on February 3rd. His doctors told him he has chemicals in his body. However, no one in the area can perform the toxicological test to determine what the chemicals are. Wow. 
40-year-old Wade Levitt, an auto detailer, to the New York Post this week, my voice sounds like Mickey Mouse. My normal voice is low. It's hard to breathe, especially at night. My chest hurts so much at night, I feel like I'm drowning. I cough up phlegm a lot. I lost my job because a doctor won't release me to go to work. So now this grown man with supposedly deep voice now sounds like Mickey Mouse. He's got chemicals in his body, but they can't even test him to tell him which chemicals he has. And they're telling people, go ahead and drink the water. It's all safe and fine. Well, the people in the school district aren't playing that. Investigative journalist Nork Sorter, Sorter took to Twitter and revealed drinking fountains at East Palestine High School have been locked with warning messages on them. The drinking fountains are covered and locked with a warning reading, Danger Locked Out. They literally have a lock on the nozzle that says, Danger Do Not Operate. Wow. Looks like a little bucket that they padlocked over the, uh, what's that called? The little spigot part that it comes out of? I don't even know what that's actually called. The nozzle. The little nozzle. But the, the, the water's safe as masculine, grown-ass man, men now sound like Mickey Mouse. The water's safe while the local schools are now padlocking water fountains. Everything's fine. By the way, a follow-up to that unknown dust that was falling on West Virginia and Maryland. West Virginia Department of Environmental Protection is working with the state and local Agencies investigate large amounts of deaths across multiple counties in West Virginia's East Panhandle, the agency has now said in a statement. They don't know what it is, but they're not issuing a, a shelter-in-place advisory. They're looking into it. Another update for you. Remember I talked about the uh, St. Louis Georgie Porgy, Mr. Zorro-funded circuit attorney? Remember her, Kim Gardner? Well, I read you the explanation she gave a couple days ago as to why we should be concerned about this young man who was should have been locked up but went was able to slam into this young volleyball woman who's now lost both her legs. Fox 2 reporter Chris Hayes asked Gardner why there's no record of her office filing a motion to revoke Riley's bond. If you recall, Kim Gardner had blamed the judges for not revoking uh, Riley's bond on three separate occasions. And she said that she had uh, asked for them to do that, 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 they, that they had ignored or denied her request. However, according to Missouri Court Municipal Clerk Manual, a judge would make note of such a request on the docket sheet. Gardner claims her office tried three times to revoke Riley's bond. But there's no proof of her office's motions to do so. She's claimed that it's not her fault. It was the court's fault. There's no record that was searched by Fox 2, the local there, the local news there that was going in the records. There's no record of her actually having done that. She lied like she always does. She lied. Okay, I found this to be very interesting because I forgot all about this. But luckily, the GOP apparently hasn't. Letters were sent out to Robert Bauer and Christina Rodriguez, the former leaders of Biden's now defunct Supreme Court Commission, 
requesting documents and communication. In the letter, GOP lawmakers said, questions remain about the commission's work, deliberations, and true purpose. So this is from The Hill. Republican lawmakers requested on Friday the co-chairs of President Biden's Supreme Court Commission turn over a trove of documents related to their work. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, and he's working with the two former Senate Judiciary Committee chairs, which is Chuck Grassley and Lindsey Graham. They pointed out in their letters to growing calls from progressives to add more justices to the Supreme Court. They are still trying to pack the Supreme Court, even though this commission was disbanded and pretty much they just did a little report and that was it. But it seems like Jim Jordan and others think they're still actively working on it and they want to know exactly what's going on. While, quote, while the commission's work has concluded, questions remain about the commission's work, deliberations, and true purpose. That's what Jim Jordan wrote. Facing pressure from the left, Biden tasked the 34-member bipartisan commission with exploring possible court reforms. The group disbanded in late 2021 after issuing a report. The lawmakers, the GOP lawmakers, want to know what discussions took place that did not make it into the final report released by the commission. What we have, though, is that there are some people still associated with that that are still pushing for packing the court. So, let's see where this goes, if anywhere. I had forgotten all about this. So glad the GOP is looking into this, hopefully to be able to thwart any nefarious plot or plan or scheme they have to try to backdoor or reignite support for packing the court. Okay, I mentioned John Fetterman earlier because I knew this story was coming up. Dude, dude, the John Fetterman thing is not just a stroke, not just a depression. Senator John Fetterman is much worse than he, his wife, and staff are telling the public. It is being leaked that he has a bad heart, which wasn't disclosed until until his stroke, and that he cannot, he is unable to take care of himself. The senator that Pennsylvania supposedly wanted over a world-renowned doctor is supposed to be working on behalf of his constituents. He can't even take care of himself. Wow. It turns out Fetterman's lightheadedness was a result of him not being able to take care of himself. He was not eating or drinking enough fluids to sustain himself. Fetterman is on his own in, in D.C. His family did not move to Washington with him, opting to remain in their hometown. This meant that Fetterman, still recuperating from a delip, uh now I'm being like... Uh, Camilla Harrison can't read. He's still recuperating from a debilitating stroke while starting a new high-pressure job, had no one to look after him. But he didn't even know to eat or drink sufficiently because he doesn't have this up here sufficient to do the job. His staff wasn't taking care of him. They knew he was suffering from depression And they say that he was difficult to deal with between the stroke and the depression. And as I reported earlier, while her husband was admitted to the hospital for not being able to take care of himself, she took the kids to go zip lining and have adventures up 
in Canada. Can't make this up, folks. Can't make up. Can't make this stuff up. And there we are. Out of George W. Bush story and a story about Mexico. But let's just call it here. Let's just call it. Let's just abandon this whole idea of reporting the news like Giselle Fetterman abandoned her husband in his hour of need. Please, folks, like, share, subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the follow or any other button available to you if you're listening to this on a podcast. This show, Open Source News, is available on YouTube and on Spotify on video, and it's uh, available on all the major podcasting. But if but let's get through YouTube. If you're on YouTube, if you like YouTube, we have a sister YouTube channel in which BCP Junior at my daughter reports the news. No commentary, just facts. In eight to ten minutes, she provides a whole bunch of news stories with no commentary, just the information that you need and want to know. Now we do have another show. It's called BCP Unfiltered. It's the BCP podcast. You can catch that at therealbcp.com if you want to watch it on video. If you want to watch, if you just want a straight list of all the episodes without really being in a social media platform, then just go over to bcpactress.com. That's an easy way to catch all my episodes. If you want to listen to it or have the option of listening to, easily listening to it or watching it, then just head over to bcppodcast.com. It lists all the places that you can find this show in podcast format. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye. God bless and please enjoy your Sunday with your family.